You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds Klein Appraisal, and your host of this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So our cases of COVID-19 have been going through the roof, depending on which side you believe. Oh, it's because there's more testing. Oh, the the cases are going up, but the death rate is still staying the same, which means the death ratio is less. A lot of this stuff going on and people still are holding on to the thought that we're going to have a housing crash. That Because we've got all this unemployment going on, I think we've still got 11 million Americans unemployed because there's the lifting of the moratorium on the whole rent um, tenants being evicted and also homeowners being evicted, the lifting of the moratorium on the mortgage forbearance, that kind of thing going away. We're going to be eliminating the $600 federal stimulus paycheck that's been going out weekly. That happens at the end of July. And we are today, we are July the 15th, I think, no, 16th. And so all of these things, people have been pointing to, well, there's going to be this massive dip in the housing market. There's a housing bubble in the fourth quarter of 2020 is going to happen. I'm going to hold on to my belief that I'm going to get a short sale. I'm going to get a bank-owned foreclosed property. I'm going to wait for this dip dip to happen. If you've been following the Seattle Real Estate Podcast, which is basically just me talking about real estate stuff, it... What I have been saying is that don't wait for this to happen because you've got a market that is going through the roof. This is happening here on the West Coast. It's happening in a lot of other areas. And it's basically come down to a couple of economic factors, which we'll get into with this article. But here you've, bas- you've got a, um, a housing analyst saying, all right, we've, we've ro- ridden, we've rode out, We've written out the first few months of the coronavirus. We know the impact it's going to have. And guess what? There's not going to be a housing dip. There's not going to be a housing bubble in 2020. And here's why. That's what I've been kind of saying all along. You don't have enough supply to have the mechanics of what it's going to take with the economics of housing to have those prices come on down. You just don't have it. You don't have the same dynamics that you had in the Great Recession of 2008. And so we're going to get into it a little bit. And I basically agree with what this guy is saying. So let's take a let's take a look at why there's not going to be a housing crash in 2020. And I don't think um, prices are actually going up. They're going up rapidly, in my opinion, especially here in the Seattle market. And I know the same thing is happening across a lot of other markets. I'll see articles where people are saying, here in wherever it is, middle of Midwest town, wherever, our housing prices are going up. Or absorption rate, we've only got a couple of months worth of supply. Here in the Seattle area, we've got like under a month supply. It's crazy. That's that's sold out. I've said that so many times that when you get under a couple of months of supply in a major metropolitan market, that is sold out. Shelves are bare. There's nothing left to buy. And when you've got interest rates as low as they are right now, guess what's going to happen? Your prices are going to go through the roof because you've got a ton of people out there who want to take advantage of really low interest rates. Hello there. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. That was Mr. Mailman bringing today's mail. So let's jump on in to this article. And this is from Housing Wire. And um, they have really good articles on real estate. So let's read one. 
It's official. The U.S. won't see a housing bubble crash anytime soon. After holding out for July 15 housing data, Housing Wire's housing data analyst is making the call. No bubble. Bubble not bursting. Ernest Rutherford, he's the father of nuclear physicists, uh, physics, not physicists, physics, is attributed to saying all science is either physics or stamp collecting. I mean, I kind of get that, but kind of don't. That's just kind of a weird thing to say, but whatever. The point is, is that uh, you got to kind of figure out what it is and go with it. That's how I'm going to paraphrase that. To paraphrase Rutherford for economics models, if models don't include demographics and productivity, they might as well be stamp collecting. That's what he's saying. As it turns out, we have a lot of philatelists in housing economics. I call them the housing bubble boys. Let's talk about that. The housing bubble boys. That's what I was talking about when I said people are going to say, oh, the, the bubble's here. And guess why the housing bubble boys and guess why the housing bubble boys are so popular? Because fear sells. A, a housing crisis is going to happen. The value in your home is going to drop. You're not going to be able to sell your home. You're going to have to drop your price so hard on your home that you're going to have to go either into a short sale scenario, or you're going to have to give your house back to the bank. That's what the housing bubble boys rely upon is fear selling their media articles. And there's a lot of them out there. You see articles all day long. Oh, my gosh, the market's dropping. It's, you know, sales have fallen off the uh, cliff. Yeah, that's right. But look at pricing. Where's pricing going? It's going up because you don't have enough supply. So the U.S. economy started the year off in expansionary mode. Remember January, February, we were going. Unemployment was down under 4%. Things were rolling along. Retail sales were positive year over year. Job openings were roughly at 7 million. And the housing data for the first time in a long time started to outperform the other sectors of the economy. Existing and new home sales hit cycle highs. Purchase application data showed steady double-digit year-over-year growth, and housing starts at almost 40% up year-over-year in February. Then we were hit with COVID-19, and the fear of this virus, along with the economic decline due to the stay-at-home orders, whipped the housing bubble boys into a frenzy of crash calls. I love that term, housing bubble boys. Going to have to put that on the thumbnail, housing bubble boys. My longstanding core thesis has been that the housing market would have the weakest recovery from a crash in the years 2008 to 2019, but it would improve in years 2020 through 2024 because U.S. demographics would become favorable for housing. This is the time frame where we should see 1.5 million total housing starts and the purchase application index will get over 300 I don't know what that is, but that sounds good, right? Over 300. Ugh, that's good. When the COVID crisis hit, I had to either believe in my economic models or raise the white flag and admit that in these circumstances, anything goes. That's what I talked with my office manager about. And she is older than I am by, um, she's about the same age as my dad. Um, let's call it over 60. And since I'm over 50, kind of see where I'm going with that. But I think if you are of the older generation, if you're a baby boomer, you're used to seeing certain economic, certain news create certain economic results. And if you have a pandemic, everything, the wheels fall off all carts. But in this one, with the way the Fed has basically gotten involved and they're buying up mortgage-backed securities and holding interest rates low, 
You've got a different set of circumstances. The whole COVID thing doesn't re result in a housing crash. And that's what me as a 51 year old real estate guy who's been doing this since the 80s. That's my my initial thought is, oh, my gosh, if we're going into a pandemic, this thing is going to tank. How hard is it going to tank? I'm going to be your first bubble boy, housing bubble boy. But that's not how this one went down, is it? You didn't have this cause and effect of pandemic to housing prices dropping. Let's run out and buy three foreclosed homes or let's run out and buy three homes that are short sales because everybody's underwater. That didn't happen. And so, yeah, it's kind of like anything does go now. Everything's, you know, what your parents told you. Bill Burr does this thing where he talks about um, little kids understanding. All of a sudden, your parents, you, you get to this certain age where your parents tell you, all right, Santa's fake. The tooth fairy doesn't exist. That's me and your mom giving you uh, food. Her boobs aren't real. And the NBA is fixed. That's kind of me paraphrasing stuff. But that's the reality is you get to the certain point where you're like, nothing I know as real. It's just not real. It's everything's fake and it's fixed. And you're like, okay, so is that happening with the economy and housing market? I don't know, but anything goes. So this guy said, I chose to stick to my model, which states that for housing, it is demographics and mortgage rates that call the show. Based on my model, I told everyone to wait until July 15th before drawing any conclusions about the imminent de demise or survival and recovery of the housing market. Okay, I kind of did some of that too. But I also said pretty early on, and the beauty of doing a daily podcast is that you can go back and see how far off you were, or see how right on you were. And I kind of said, with the supply of what we've got in interest rates, I don't think we're going to see a dip. And I put out some podcasts where people hammered on me pretty hard, like this is not going to age well. I'm like, well, thing is, is we can wait and see. And we have and um, yeah, it is what it is. I wrote this on my April 10th, 2020 column. My advice is to take next three months of housing data and put a giant asterisk on it all. Wait until July 15th. By that time, we have a lot of questions answered and we'll be getting the June existing home sales report soon after that. I like to make wild predictions because, I mean, why not? Just throw out a wild number. See if you come close. Because if you do, you can go, look at me. I, I was correct. Um, and so waiting for, waiting for numbers to come back in, that's no fun. Make a wild prediction. See if it hasn't. If you don't, ah, I'm an idiot. So let's just say the five things I talked about in that article was a heads up to my fellow bearish friends that not only were they wrong with crash calls for the last seven years, but a lot of things would need to happen if I have it to have a housing crash in 2020. I highlighted July 15th because if my AB economic model worked, then we would have gotten better news of the virus by May 18th. This would mean that in the 30, 60 days after the housing would be fine. After that, housing would be fine because without lockdown protocols in place, demographics and low mortgage rates would fuel home buying. Hmm, that's what we're seeing, right? Over the next few weeks, we get June's data. This is where we should start the housing conversation all over again. Now we're entering Act 4 in 2020 for housing, and it's time to let go of this crash thesis. The reality is this. It wasn't going to happen in 2020, even with a pandemic virus. If you want some ideas of what it would take to trigger a housing downturn in 2020, here are some from me. I also did one where I said, I did a podcast, I think in January or February, and I said, 
we're not going to have a housing crash. But if we did, it would be because of these things. And uh, one of them was this global pandemic, we were just hearing some stuff. And at that point in time, I paid zero attention to the coronavirus, because it was just some crazy thing over in China affecting China only. And there's no way that that could spread to the rest of the known world, right? Couldn't happen. Well, here we are. Now I'm wearing a mask to go into 7 Eleven to buy my monsters. But that's a whole nother story. And you know what, if I got to wear a mask, that's fine. Um, don't have to wear one everywhere. But you know, most everywhere. Um, so what recent housing data looked like the Mortgage Banking Association purchase application data for the last seven weeks on a year over year basis looks like this upward 18% upward 13% upward 20.1%. These are week over week. Um, up 18 up 15, up 33, and up 16%. So you've got this march right on up. You've got greater and greater purchase application, people applying for mortgages just con consistently. It's like, oh my gosh, there's just more and more buyers stepping out there. All right. And here's the most, uh, most recent pending home sales were up 44% month to month. <laughs> So the housing market is just going crazy. That's the bottom line. Purchase applications of new homes is up 54% year over year, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. At some point in the future, home prices will fall and sales will decline year over year. But even when this happens, it will not constitute a bubble crash anytime soon. Today, we're on an upswing. The US housing market is undergoing a V-shaped recovery, meaning you go down at a hard angle and then back up at a hard angle, forming a V. But until existing home sales hit 5,777,000 again, the full recovery in existing home sales will not be complete, as that was the number we hit earlier this year. Um, that's housing recovery. Yeah, but when you're in a global pandemic and things are going up, that's pretty darn good. You got to take what you get. My predictions of an economic recovery, what I called by AB economic model was on target until this latest surge in the new COVID-19 cases. Alas, I didn't account for the emergence of a political movement built around not protecting oneself and one's family from illness. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about that this COVID 2.0. And we're not even really COVID 2.0 we because that's going to start in November, right? The second wave of the Coronavirus. I think there's a lot of different factors that have happened. Some point people point to the protesters. And I don't think you can really say that's a major factor. I mean, from what I've read, but the major thing is we're just bored of hunkering down at home. People are going back to work, I am seeing more and more traffic on the freeways on the roads. I'm hearing more and more people talk about on oh, my commute home. It was actually I had backed up traffic. Yesterday I was over I don't know looking at a boat or something. I'm not really sure what I was doing. But we we're over in Seattle, coming back from Seattle at around three o'clock. And the Ship Canal Bridge, which um, goes right into downtown Seattle, it was jammed up, it was backed up. And I was like, wow, I haven't had to deal with this for a while. So there's more people on the roadway, there's more people going to work. It's just we're slowly going back. And people don't really want to, they don't want to socially distance during the summer, especially here in Seattle, when it's beautiful weather. You know, we get the handful of days a year where you can go outside and actually do something and enjoy it. You don't have to wear a coat. You can wear, I don't know, a short sleeve shirt, 
I think we've got like eight weeks a year where I can wear a short sleeve shirt here in Seattle. The rest of the time it's puffy coat weather. So that kind of tells you, you know, that's, that's where we're at. All right. Uh, my recommendation, even with a new increase in COVID-19 cases, is to start a conversation regarding the future of the housing market all over again to refocus on the factors that really matter. Demographics, mortgage rates, and the national progress to conquer this horrific virus. Reopen the economy and get people working again. I think those are all conversations that are happening because that's the reality of our lives is that we got to kind of mesh all these factors together. And I know on the summit side of things, and I try not to bring in my experience of the summit side or the Reynolds and Klein side, which is the appraisal end. I try and sprinkle that in because nobody wants to hear me drone on about my businesses. Um, on the summit side, my brokers are super busy. We have a ton of activity going on. And this is in the middle of a pandemic with arguably we've got our cases going up, but like in Arizona and Texas and Florida, those cases are really going up. Now, the flip side to that is everybody is saying, hey, the death rate, it stayed the same. It's not as bad as it was. It's not as bad as um, people are predicting. It's got a really low death rate. This is kind of just like the flu. Yeah, but we're kind of tapping out those hospital beds, aren't we? And that's where things are going. So that's where you kind of, I think, really got to take a hard look and go, okay, yeah, but you don't want to have situations where the hospitals get overrun and that whole kind of thing. Um, so as long as purchase application data stays flat to positive on a year-over-year basis, housing will be fine in 2020. I, I don't, there is no way um, back, back up. I did a podcast a few days ago, maybe it was a week ago, I can't remember. They're all kind of running together now. Um, you know, when you're little and your parents say, I can't remember. And you're like, why can't you remember? There was only two weeks ago. And it was a significant event. What is wrong with you? I think as you get older, the hard drive in your head and your brain just starts to tap out and you kind of go, okay, whatever. Maybe it was a month ago. Maybe it was six months ago. Yesterday, my dad asked me if my brother had been in town and yeah, he had, I couldn't really remember. And then I had an image of my brother who owns a plumbing company fixing something in my house. I can't remember. It was a drain or something that only like a plumber could fix. And then I was like, yeah, my brother was here. And I was telling my dad and you have all this stuff in your head that you can't remember because you're old and your hard drive is all full. It's like the Apple phones that there's a class action lawsuit because Apple, as the model of the phone gets older, and as you do an update, suppose, you know, theoretically in the lawsuit states, the older phones, Apple slows down to force you to get a new phone. Well, I think as you get older and you have more stuff in the hard brain, in the hard drive of your brain, you start to tap out and go, I need a bigger hard drive. But that really isn't an option of that, is there? Um, need one of those cables that plaque and go into the back of your head like that cable TV show that I watched for a long time. I can't remember what it was, but it was really cool. So as long as purchase application data stays flat to positive on a year over year basis, housing will be fine in 2020. We have a lot of work left to do in this country. In the meantime, let go of the bubble crash thesis, because the reality is it wasn't going to happen in 2020, even with a pandemic. Well, that's pretty easy to say when you're sitting on top of all this data. But I think going into the, the pandemic and the COVID-19 crisis, it was really scary, wasn't it? You're like, oh, my gosh, what is going to happen? And I think in some markets, call it, I don't know, like Sydney, 
if you had a transaction or I was talking to my cousin yesterday, she's married to an Australian. Actually, all, half of my cousins are Australian because that's where my family is at, my mom's side. And in Australia, you've got this housing market where a realtor or a broker, they market a home for about a month and then they bring in the auctioneer and they literally in the backyard of the home, they do this on-site auction where you've got hopefully as many registered bidders as possible and you get this frenzy going like a car auction and boom, you sell the house on the spot, game over, everything kind of just happens super fast. So it's everything leading up to that auction. And when you've got a bunch of people who are like, does that guy have the COVID? Does he have the dreaded Rona? We're not really sure. People don't want to stand in an auction environment. So that has really been tough for a real estate market that's dependent upon sales mechanism like that. And one of my good friends, Gavin Turner, who's in Sydney, had a house deal flip right during the pandemic. And that was brutal. So there are a lot of aspects to the pandemic that have been really tough on real estate. But here in the US, and particularly here in the Western United States, we've got these market dynamics that dictate housing markets going through the roof, you just don't have enough supply. And the worse that the cases get with COVID, the more that the Federal Reserve kind of doubles down with what it's doing, buying mortgage backed securities, propping up all these debt markets, and our interest rates keep going lower. So as our interest rates go lower, more buyers enter the marketplace, oh my gosh, want to jump in on this, they want to get in on it. And so you've got this cycle that keeps happening, pushing the housing market up. So no bubble popping, no bubble boys, um, housing bubble boys not going to happen, you're going to have to wait for another year. But I think um, it's safe to say that 2020 is a pretty solid year for housing, you're not going to see any slowdown. And that's why we just kind of walked through all of that. So if you want to jump into this, um, some more on your own end, it's a the title of the article and it's in housing wire, it's official, the US won't see a housing bubble crash anytime soon. That's the bottom line. It's your next cocktail party, which you won't have because we're in COVID, and you can't get together with more than five people. But next time housing comes up, that is the truth. Uh, Housing's not going to crash in 2020. And that's it, just as we're a little bit over halfway. So that's my prediction. That's my belief, not a housing bubble boy. So that's it for now. All right. So thank you so much for watching on YouTube. Love to have you subscribe on our YouTube channel, Summit Properties Northwest, also on our, um, why can't I ever say it, podcast platforms. We're all over in the podcast network. That Our podcasts are really starting to take off, and that's from everybody tuning in from the whole chop thing, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we're an independent couple of companies, and I'm just a real estate dude talking about stuff that people want to talk about, maybe get an independent opinion from what's out there in the media. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm doing two podcasts a day right now because my social media manager, Darian Dunstan, he tells me repeatedly that content is king and more is better. So bigger is better. All right, let's go with that. Again, I'm Sean Reynolds from Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. I'll catch you in the next one. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.